Oh, I've got a sore throat, Louise. Oh no, is it the COVID? <laughs> no. Andy Murray last night. So fantastic. So we're recording this Thursday morning. Andy Murray had his latest five-set thriller last night. And so I have quite a low voice this morning because there was some squealing involved. Fantastic. So I think it's very sexy and husky. <laughs> Talking of sexy huskies. <laughs> Another cool. big mention for one of your big heroes in today's podcast with Joss Norris. Yes, I'm still very torn though because there's there's something about some David Bowie thievery that I'm sorry that I sort of yeah thought was amazing but also no no wrong <laughs> so that that happens in today's yeah it's our third Radio 4 star in a row guys in a row I mean so we're practically yeah. on Radio 4 now yeah I mean because they need more slightly well-spoken middle-aged women on that channel <laughs> This episode was recorded in April, just FYI. We just, we've done a new thing. We are starting a Facebook group for the podcast. And yep. so look out for an invitation to that in your inbox ASAP. And we've been gathering stories from listeners about, uh, you know, stories, anecdotes, things that have happened to you, embarrassing moments, etc. And some of them are so funny. And we're going to re- uh, use those in our next series starting in about October. So that'll be a place for you to put those or we will be asking you who you'd like to see on the podcast, not see, here on the podcast. Yes. Uh, Any ideas any... for guests? Do you like them being comedians mostly or did you really love it when it was Simone Labib and you'd like to have other more serious, maybe some of our regular mentionees like Olivia Coleman, who seems to be yeah. in it every week. I'm sure we Oprah. can book multiple Oscar and BAFTA winning guests. Yeah. Andy yeah, Murray. Why, why... Can we get Andy Murray? Judy Murray. Judy Murray would be fab with your yeah. Dumblane connections and my I mean I really love tennis so we'd be bound to she, she'll say yes yeah that, that's like a pincer movement isn't it uh, yeah so. <laughs> of course darling you like tennis I'll be on your podcast yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send her. my mum down she'll get her sorted um, there you go probably so, the only person that Judy Murray would be frightened of would be my mother anyway oh, how exciting <laughs> I know uh, so in the meantime enjoy the, the episode lovely people and uh, we'll see you next week I think you could whack on about tennis a bit less. What? Fuck it up. Hello, I'm Pauline Eyre. And I'm Louise Lee. This is Early Doors, and we are. Opening doors to other dimensions. Here's how it works we feed information about our guest into our space time generator, the Dimension Matrix, or Dominatrix for short, and she creates a whole bunch of portals or doors into other dimensions. And then we let our guest peer through the doors into alternative realities. Will they be living out their wildest dreams, trapped in their childhood nightmares? Or some weird bastard mixture of the two. But Louise, who is our lucky guest today? It's comedian and actor, extraordinary creator of surreal, cerebral silliness. That's a lot of alliteration. Thank you, Pauline, for that script. It's Jos Norris. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. There were so many lovely adjectives in that introduction. I'm sort of humbled by it. It's really humbled nice. Humbled by adjectives. There's a show Yeah, well, it would have been really, really easy to just say comedian, actor, and then bring me on. But all, all those words... I, yeah, um, I think you've earned them. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's nice that yeah. people have, um, have have paid attention. That's lovely. Thanks, you guys. How are you both? Very well, right. thank you. All right, yes. surviving. Yeah. No, yeah. well, I'm glad I could pay could pay some respect to that because I've seen you many times. Um, usually when we're all trying out new material in London and stuff. Yeah. But there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were and, the and, days. Yeah, and and you have something. Similar to Louise in a way, lots of lots of um, quite quite clownish, quite um, surreal, quite off the wall stuff that is so far out of my comfort zone, and I just love seeing it other people because it 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 lifts you and it lifts Aww. it lifts me creatively actually um, uh, to go no I can just suddenly say what about yams uh, in the middle of a show and and see what <laughs> yeah. happens um, which is specifically something I've started doing um, so no. <laughs> big fan, big fan, big fan. Thank you very much. Although well, if you go too far the other way, then it's the opposite, and you you watch people just doing kind of quite kind of sensible, logical stuff, and you go, oh, I wish I could just come up with something that makes sense and actually like <laughs> other people could understand. That would be great. So whatever well, you end up doing, I think you look at the other one and go, ah, I should be yeah. doing that. <laughs> 
I was listening to your your brilliant Radio Four special the other day about small talk. Oh, thank talk. you very much. So, so I have to ask, what have you been up to? Ah, oh, the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst. It's actually, do you know what? It's it's. So I've, I've I've always found it difficult to answer that question, and now suddenly lockdown's a bit of a blessing in a way because there's there's a good reason to have nothing to say about it. So I've been doing nothing. Uh, I've got no news. <laughs> But suddenly, you know, that doesn't mark me out as sort of unusual or anything, because I think I think it's the same for all of us. So Everything just to give you, comes out of, there you go. Oh, you tell me, Louise. Sorry. Oh no, I'll say it. No, you. I'll say it. No, I'll say it. Uh, you go. Everything you I'll go. No, you Shall say I? it. No, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> um, okay. Everything that comes out of our magical dominatrix machine is made from ingredients that come from your own life. Uh oh. But but before uh, we set her off. We'd like to set her off the dominatrix. We've got one more person we need to put in. So tell oh. us if you would about Mr. Bowman. Oh, Mr. Bowman. Okay. Um, Mr. Bowman was my PE teacher. And oh. I have uh, I have mixed feelings about Mr. Bowman because I think everybody has the sort of like the the horrible kind of scary authority figure PE teacher that made them feel horrible. And he was that. But but weirdly not for me, sort of for everybody other than me. Oh, and I what think it marked you out as special. Well, I I was he was a very sort of scary figure. He had like there were there were lots of rumours about him. I think he was in the Marines and he had a big scar on the side of his head. <gasps> and the rumour was that yeah yeah. So he he really had that kind of like military. This guy knows what he's yeah. doing vibe. And the rumour was that he'd accidentally parachuted into a burning car, and that's where the scar <laughs> came from. I have no idea. I have wow. no idea if that's true. I'm sorry, what? Why am I laughing at that? that? I don't know if it... It was always held up as this, like, he's such a badass kind of thing, but it sounds like that was that's almost incredible. buffoon-like. To yeah. I mean, a, a really tragic <laughs> way to do something buffoon. But, like, of all the places to land your parachute... It was yeah. anyway. So he was—he was this quite intimidating guy, and I think basically his policy was: if you could accept that you were rubbish, then he became quite fond of you. And I—I I think never had any illusions about it. I was oh. always just—I am bad at PE. I can't run. I can't do any kind of physical stuff. And I sort of accepted that, and it meant that he—he he became quite fond of me. He—I—the best comment I ever got in a school report was him for PE, and he said. Uh, Jos's cheerful enthusiasm, unfortunately, cannot disguise his difficulty in acquiring or applying any physical skills whatsoever. Uh, and I really like that. I, really I love like that you that. know the whole line. You've got the whole. It's the only memorized. school report I've memorized because I read it and I thought I'm happy with that. I think that yeah. sums up what I was going for. Um, so he was always quite nice to me, but anybody who was rubbish, and that, you know the kids at school who are like they're not good at sports or sort of physical stuff and they kind of disappear into their shell a bit like it makes them very anxious and very self-aware yeah. that they're not good at it i think i was much more just like whatever i can't do it i'm bad but if there was somebody who he could tell was kind of going off into their shell he made them do stuff again and again and again in front of the whole oh. class oh, there was a kid cool. who couldn't jump over what were those horses we had to jump over they were called, they were called horses. horses they yeah, were horses. just called horses the big block yeah. the gym horse yeah, yeah. They, were, they were weird well anyway there was a kid who couldn't them. jump over that <laughs> What was it? What did it teach us? Just taught us jumping. Yeah, was that was it gymnastics. It was very high. Yeah, that'd be gymnastics, I reckon. It's anyway, one of the there was a kid who was sort of, he was ritually humiliated in front of the class, and he was told to jump over this horse again and again. Oh, and we that's... kept clapping him because we thought, let's try and encourage him along. And Mr. Bowman said, "Don't clap him until he's got it right." So he just had to keep <sighs> jumping over this horse in silence. So. Yeah, complicated feelings about Mr. Bowman because I understand that he was a, he was a terror in general for everybody, but to me he was quite funny and and sort of let me get away with yeah. it. So um, I've never really resolved my feelings about. Him. I want Is to know. Your, did was he, it your? No, sorry, I was just going to say, did he teach you archery? No, we never uh, did archery. Because surely he would have come into his own, Mr. Bowman. Yeah. Ah, very good. Oh, thank very you. Good. I thought what? you meant because of his military background, you're implying that they still used bows and arrows in the military. So I think we've established, we've established that surrealist comedians are good and clever comedians <laughs> are good, but stupid pun makers, yeah, fair enough. I'll shut up. I like like it. Let's pop Mr. Bowman into the. So he's in the. He's in the. He's in the, 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 the dominatrix. He's in the one of them. Yeah. 
Oh no. Isn't that a salad spinner? No, no it's no, the it's dominatrix not. machine. Silly. <laughs> Um, just before we go through the first door, Jos, just to explain the game, the good news is we're going to use the power of the dominatrix to allow you to walk through one of the doors and live the life you see on the other side. Oh, oh wow. Thank you. That's amazing. You bad news, That's really kind. The bad news is you have to make the decision before you know what all the options are. So if you see something you like, like in life, it's choose it or lose it. Okay. Wow. Okay, I know. It's okay. pretty it's difficult, this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, it can it's be. It's like life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You got to go for yeah. it. The only yeah. things you regret are the risks you didn't take. You know. Yeah, exactly. unless there is something better coming along after, which there might be. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. 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 Small. I'll tip. try to be cautious. Okay, let's or let's play. Risks, whatever way, let's play. Door number one. Okay, Jos, you are on Celebrity Ice Skating Show, Dancing on Ice. Oh, does <laughs> ice skating, is that among your many talents? I I haven't ice skated since um, 2017. I did, a, I did a, a comedy show on ice with, <gasps> uh, with a bunch of comedians in which I at one point flew up into the air and landed on my head. Um, <gasps> on purpose? Deliberately? So- <laughs> No, not deliberately. Um, the, the line was, hey, check out this great move. And then I was supposed to just spin quite slowly, but I got it wrong and then, and then flew up into the sky. Uh, and I was playing a moose, so I had a huge padded moose's head. <laughs> My uh, and I think if I wasn't playing a moose, I would be dead because I landed right on, on my cranium. Wow. Um, so it, I wouldn't say it's, it's top of my skill set. But... Was it an, a moosing show? Hey, very good. I Do think you play that game? All I'm... is forgiven, Pauline, for Mr. Bowman. <laughs> Jesus. I'm, I'm told that whether it was an amusing show depended very much on where you were sitting. Because we did it, we did it at Alexandra Palace Ice Rink, which is massive. It is. And... The, the main reason, well, I mean, there's lots of reasons why they don't do comedy shows on ice rinks, but one of them <laughs> is that amplified sound in an ice rink is basically inaudible um, because yeah. of the, the way the, yeah. the echo and it of all course. bounces off the ice. So I think if you were sat in the middle of the audience and you could actually hear what we were saying, I'm told it was a really funny, magical, <laughs> unique show. But I think there were a couple of hundred people sat at the ends of each each stand who just heard sort of, for two hours while comedians fell over and landed on their head. And I think those people probably, maybe it wasn't the best thing they'd seen, but a few people really loved it, I think. I mean, in terms of in terms in terms of shows that leave you scarred for life, it wasn't exactly <laughs> parachuting into a burning car, was it? No, no, no. My trauma is considerably smaller than Mr. Bowman, so I mustn't complain really. So you so in terms of being on on I am um, dancing on ice, are you feeling kind of moderately positive about that? I'm not feeling great about it because I I was the worst member of the cast for that show and I, mm. I found the rehearsal process very humiliating actually. <laughs> um and I mean maybe being on Dancing on Ice would be a nice thing to sort of like to, to to put that memory to bed and to kind of say you struggle with this skill in the past but presumably on Dancing on Ice you've, you've got a professional who's going to take you through your paces and maybe ah. I could learn to mu- oh okay <laughs> okay who's taking me through my paces let's have a look shall we it's um oh well oh. Oh, it's come a bit early, but it's your best friend, Emily. Ah, okay. Okay, that's nice. Um, So I've not seen Emily much this year. We used to do a lot of stuff together. We used to travel together and go on holiday and stuff. And then obviously um, there's been this pandemic. Do you guys know about this? Oh, oh yeah, but I've heard something, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that's that's made things tricky. Okay, so I'm, I'm learning to ice skate with my best friend who I've not seen much this year. On paper... It's got pros and cons. It would be lovely to to spend a bit more time with her again. Um, mm. It would be lovely to master 
the, the skill that I failed to master before and that I found quite embarrassing. Um, but at the same time, I can remember how frustrated I found it when I did it the first time around. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to pass on it. I think I know that jumping in now is taking a big gamble. I've got no idea what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I think I'm going to have to just say, I had to go at ice skating in 2017. I wasn't very good at it. I've got to let history judge that I've got to yeah. move on. I'll okay. see her again anyway, probably. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it might be the end of your relationship. It might ruin you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we might get very angry at each other. We might shout. Mm-hmm. I might say you're a crack teacher and it could all, it could get very messy. Mm-hmm. It could. I'm okay. walking away. You, you might end up, you might end up hitting her with a blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, you can hurt real, each other um, in skating. My dad refuses to ever ice skate because he's got a, a constant paranoia about somebody skating over his fingers. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I think of it constantly. It, I, yeah, when I'm skating, I, I skate with my hands like this, which is very rare, but I skate with my hands um, clenched, fists clenched, which is not... Yeah. Doesn't make me I a skate with my figure skater. Oh, well, Anyway, well, let's shut that. Let's just move on. Trying so hard to shut that door. She has gone. (laughs) Lovely sounds on this. Really nice, though. Felt like I was, uh, well, I am, I'm there. Yeah. That's my actual front door. Nice, nice. Yeah. And this is my actual kitchen door. Door number two. So they've revamped Celebrity Squares. It's coming back. How exciting. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've been invited, Jos, to be in one of the little boxes and to play the game. Okay. But unfortunately, the warm-up act has done a crap job. Who would do that? Just the atmosphere is crap. Who? Who would book such a terrible warmer pack? Um, <laughs> right. So this is this connects to I think the worst performing experience of my life. Actually, Celebrity Squares. <laughs> I oh. I was booked as the warmer packs by. It wasn't a mistake. I I often sort of think of it as like there had been a mistake, but there hadn't been. They'd seen me do warm up for a, a new like panel show format, and it was recorded in the basement of Croydon Town Hall, and it was all a bit shonky and a bit. The, the comedians were new up-and-comers and it was nobody yeah. really knew what was going on because they were still figuring it out. And I think in that context, me running on and going, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, happened to create a good atmosphere. So they went, come and do Celebrity Squares, but it's a very different vibe, that show. It's celebs <laughs> and it's shiny floors and it's people who love daytime TV. And I went out there. Oh, first thing I did was fall over. And then I got up oh. and burst out laughing and thought, that's hilarious. Yeah. That is funny. <laughs> Uh, but it got nothing, got absolutely nothing from these Ooh. 200 people. So I tried to kind of chat to the audience. They'd shown me like the guy who normally does it. And he just said, all you need to do is chat to people. That's all it is. It's just being friendly. And I chatted and I don't know if this woman had just. That's well, not... that's I the mean... thing. I'm not very good at the kind of the, just the kind of general amiable chit chat thing anyway, let alone with people that have immediately decided they don't like me from the minute they saw me slip up and fall over they've gone we don't know about this guy uh tried to kind of get some stuff out of this audience and it was just like getting blood from a stone and i don't blame them i blame but i'm also i'm trying to be better at not blaming myself i think it was just a terrible booking i think there was never any way that i was going to work out how to how to chat to these people um so i ended up talking to this one woman who had just come back from the hospital to visit her dying mum. And I didn't know this when I started, but I kept sort of probing further and further and saying, how have you been? Have you had a nice day? She said, no, I've had a terrible day. I visited my mum. I said, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with visiting your mum? She said, she's dying in hospital. And I said, I I panicked and thought, "Um, how how old is she? I said, and she said, she's 84. And I said, that's pretty good. Uh, And she just sort of scowled at me. Yeah, right, it was yeah, yeah, completely fair enough. <laughs> to be completely fair, completely fair enough. But it was like I just I'd landed on maybe the one person there who'd had the worst possible. De- like there was nothing comedic. You were never going to come. The whole thing. Come back from yeah. that one, like anyone 
the worst day than this yeah. Joe. <laughs> Who thinks they've had a worse day? Yeah. But also, I to... also, I have to say, you know, if you're in the audience and the warm-up guy says, Have you, how's your day been? You go, fine, what did you do? I went shopping yeah, and just I was excited about coming here today. You know, you don't she have to. She must have known that it wasn't going to be funny if she started telling me about <laughs> yes. that. But I think, you know, I think she decided she didn't like me and she thought, right, I'm going to make this guy's job tough. And then all these other celebs came out. And it was a lot of heroes of mine as well. It was like Vic and Bob and Jessica oh. Stevenson. I know, I know. Oh. People that I just like grew up adoring. I don't think they watched my act, so I don't think they actually knew. But it was just embarrassing to go like, ah, oh, I really respect these guys. And they had a terrible show. It sort of, it was very kind of muted throughout. And at one point, Jonathan Ross did a gag that landed completely flat. And he scowled at the audience and went, what's wrong with you? Are you all asleep? And I was sat there watching, thinking, that's that's my fault, that. That's because the Walmart <laughs> job was so terrible. Um, so that, I guess, is 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 the background to this one. So who now you're I... in... No, let, let's, yeah, let's move on, because every, everyone... Because of the crappy warm-up act, everyone yeah. who's who's on the show is everything they've tried is going down like a cup of cold sick. And, right. and for a laugh, or maybe to wind you up, who knows, but the sleb in the box above you, because obviously oh. they're all up above each other. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Don't spoil yeah. that. The, the they actually are. You. They actually are. It's a no. real grid. Yep. So yep. Can confirm. That. Can confirm that Slip Squares <gasps> is not really? my universe challenge. They're, yeah, they're actually in a massive grid. <laughs> oh, and you've absolutely made my day. I was assuming I was go. being clever, terribly go. clever, writing this down as an idea. Oh, my goodness. I have once. no idea whether in, in the old days it was all camera trickery, but on the reboot yeah. they built a massive square and they put them all in it. That's so fun. The celebrity in the, the box above you decides for a laugh to gradually start pouring their glass of water down from their square <laughs> into yours and you can feel that ominous drip nice, drip of actually. the water thanks <laughs> that celebrity is van morrison oh no <laughs> oh no i mean nothing about this scenario is sounding appealing it's a memory of a terrible time i had i'm not having a good time as the celeb either because all my stuff's falling flat and Van yeah. Morrison, of all the, oh, he's dreadful. The, the really sad thing about Van Morrison is I'm, I'm a huge Van Morrison fan. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. And I really like everything he did up to a point. And these days, he's, got, he's just brought out an album called Latest Album Project. And it's got songs <laughs> on it called like, Shut Up, Stop Moaning, and Why Are You On Facebook All The Time? And yeah. my agent told me I had to record. Like, these aren't exaggerations. <laughs> They're the actual, and he's just, and you look at him now oh. and you're like, just quit. Just quit music. You obviously hate it. You're obviously yeah. having a horrible time performing and recording. And nobody enjoys listening to your rubbish music that you've continued to pump out for the last 10 years because you're sick of it. But he keeps on going. I've got to, I've got to say, and no you know, to this. yeah, you know that this was not, he's not doing this for fun because he's a grumpy bugger. That's the thing. Yeah, when he's... you first said about the pouring the water, I thought, this is quite fun. Maybe it could turn it. But yeah. if, if Van Morrison's doing it, it's just because he's decided to be a git. It might not even be water. That's true Ew. as well. You never really know with Van Morrison. <laughs> he might be that pissed off. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put it no. past him. He's done some mean stuff. I've got to, I've got to walk away from this. I've got to get away from Morrison. I've got Absolutely to get away from fine. the memory. I'm shutting that cool. door. Brilliant. It's okay. done. It's gone. Thank goodness. Moving on. Door number three. Okay, you survive. Oh, this is quite dramatic. You survive a plane crash, oh. but you're unharmed, but you're right. stranded in the middle of nowhere, like lost. Oh. Your face is lit up. I, I what, genuinely, why? I, I fantasize about this all the time. <laughs> I think about this a lot before I, um, before I go to sleep. Often, I imagine being on a desert island after a plane crash, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's one Why of my favourite the... things to imagine. Why? How weird. I don't know. I think it's because I love... Um, I, I love. Have you seen Castaway? Not oh, I haven't. Time. Tom, uh, who was the... Tom, Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, and he's yeah, on yeah. an island, 
And then when he comes back and like the world's moved on, but but everyone's like, oh yeah, him. And he tries to get back together with his wife, but they can't because their lives have gone in different directions. And I think I've always found that so romantic. The idea of like a reunion, a doomed reunion. And the idea yeah. going off into the into the distance for a while and then coming back and going, wow, the, the world's moved on. For some reason, I find that a really exciting idea. So I often imagine, I mean, the difficulty is it's horrible imagining a plane crash. So I try and imagine a way in which I somehow got separated from the plane and everybody else is okay, because I don't want to be imagining many deaths. But I also right, want so to you've... be on my own on the island. I don't want to be on there with a load of other strangers. So, so you've, you've imagining yourself parachuting out, narrowing Yeah, I've, like, I've fallen out of the door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I end up on the island. On the island alone. Okay, well... That, so that's great. Um, unfor- it, well, not fortunately or unfortunately, we don't know. Uh, but uh, to develop the idea, there is one other person with you okay. on this beautiful desert Someone island. else fell out the plane as well. Somebody else fell out the plane. Maybe you were clutching each other on the yep. one. Or maybe when you, when you landed, they were already there. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's like a Ben Gunn sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. Let's see who it is. It's Stevie Nicks. Ooh. Oh! <gasps> wow, that's um, that's quite appealing, actually. That was a Desert face Island that lit up. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I'm. I um. And I'm, this can be Stevie this Nicks can be Stevie a... Nicks at any age, uh, and you at any age. So. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Stevie but Nicks then... was a, was a big teenage crush of mine. I yeah. um. Well, actually, there was a girl in my um youth theatre group who looked a lot like a young Stevie Nicks. And I don't think I knew that at the time, but then I um, got into rumours at about 15 and looked at the sleeve notes and there was a picture and I thought, that looks like that girl from my youth theatre group, uh, who I was in love with, of course, because if you're a 15-year-old boy, then you're in love with anybody that speaks to you for a bit. (laughs) Uh, So I think I projected a lot onto the young Stevie Nicks as a teenager. I don't know much about her personality, to be honest, but I've always imagined that she has the personality of that girl from my youth theatre. I think she's actually a bit of a mad kind of um, big, big, big druggie, right, Stevie Nicks? Bit of a wild child. I think she was, yeah. I don't know if she still is. Yeah. So, I mean, on a desert I mean, island, this, uh, yeah, access to she, resources would be quite true. limited in terms of... That's true. She'd be licking Depends the old frog, with maybe. Her when she... Yeah. There might be some yeah. mushrooms. Equally, yeah. this is your this is your fa- your dimension. This is your fantasy. So it can be the Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks, um, Stevie Nicks of your of your dreams. So it could yeah. be that she has yeah, the personality yeah, yeah. of could... the lovely girl from youth theatre. Hmm. <clears throat> I, I mean, this feels on the surface like a like a scenario with not many downsides. Big fan of Stevie yeah. Nicks. Big fan of her music as well. Like she could just she can sing this. It's not just about yes. hanging out with her. It would also be she could put on a show. We could swap, and then when, I could um, do some of my great comedy. That I'm sure yes. <laughs> but do you remember um, when, when years ago, I'm a Celebrity, Keris Matthews was on I'm a Celebrity, and she ended up getting together with somebody on it, and she would just sit with her guitar in the evenings and sing, and it was captivating. Uh, nice. It was so... she And I'd only ever heard her, you know, the Catatonia stuff and, and her produced music, but when she just yeah, it would all be sort of acoustic. Sang, I was in love with her by the end. It was so lovely. It's sounding pretty appealing, this. It is, isn't this it? One. What, what are the downsides, I, do you reckon? I, mean, I guess the downsides are... Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because in this, it is a proper plane crash, right? It's having not... said that, having said that, it could be uh, like a, a you were the only person on the plane, pilot suicide, he wanted to die, oh, okay. she wanted to die oh, okay. already. You know, and that could be, you know... <laughs> Still sounding We're reaching. Still sounding quite dark. <laughs> but I am going to be cut off. I wonder whether in the reality of a desert island situation, the kind of the imagined like, oh, you'll be back to nature and kind of getting in touch with yeah. yourself and then you'll reintegrate. I wonder if actually that would wear thin and after a while it would it would get pretty um, pretty bleak. It's not, it's not dissimilar to 2020, is it, though? You're right. You're right. We've all sort of got back to nature a little bit. Although presumably yeah. there's no Zoom on this desert island. There's no oh, Wi-Fi. That's a good point. <laughs> no. But I mean, picky. you have got Stevie Nicks, so people will be looking exactly. for her. Exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a and great you. point. you. People love you too. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you're right, Louise. Like, no, we may be three more, people. More resources. Me, but Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is going to have a proper <laughs> search party out for her. I. Do you know what? Like, a part of me just feels like option number three is too early to be to be saying, oh. yeah, this is how I want to spend my life. Oh, because hang on. It's about the rest of your life, right? I go and it's live this. The... Yes. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think that's what we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, yes. there's nothing. You have considering to spend the forever. thing I always <clears throat> liked about the desert island scenario was the coming home, the like period of going off and yeah. then coming back and reintegrating with the world. And I guess if I'm living on a desert island forever with Stevie Nicks, then it's not that. Yeah. No, I would love to do it for a year. It's a it's a dimension. You're right. It is. It's a new path, right? So on in this in this moment here, right. you are doing a podcast with us. But in, if you walk through this door, you'll be in that moment just on, on a desert island. island with 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 Stevie Mix. It doesn't mean you're trying to. Maybe I'll get rescued, but maybe I won't. And she'll be yeah. singing to you. She'll be singing. I want to be with you every. Well, just yeah, here, just here in this dimension. Nice. <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty nice. Yeah. I just I think oh. it's too big a risk. I'm gonna. I'm going to regretfully say all the best to Stevie and hope that okay. she's okay on her own. But I yeah. feel like there's there's another dimension out there and maybe that'll okay. be the right one. It's quite painful, this one. Made, I feel quite sad of, about it. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a door made of bamboo fronds tied together. Nice. Uh, yeah, it would have to be. Is there a difference? No. No, there wasn't a difference. There wasn't a difference. Funnily enough. So that was door number three. What's next? Door number four. I read an interview somewhere, Jos, that if you hadn't been a comedian, you'd have become a clinical psychologist. Is this correct? Oh, right. Yeah, I think I have said that before. I ah. think that was because at the time I was sort of... Um, well, it's two things. I was... I was uh, trying to reach for things that I'm actually interested in. Like, you know, if you if you try and think of, like, what else would I do, you can't just kind of grab yeah. something like, oh, I'd be a doctor, but, like, I've never had an interest in medicine, so that's a lie. I wouldn't be a doctor. Yeah. Uh, and the one subject completely divorced from comedy and the arts and stuff that I've always kind of loved reading about, I think, is uh, psychology and, like, how the brain works and how people think and how people feel, all that sort of thing. I do love is that divorced from comedy? I think that's... No, that's actually, it's exactly the same. <laughs> comedy is just being a psychotherapist, but then choosing to kind of slip up at the end and then go, whoops, yeah. and then pretend it's a big... But it's um, also exploring how people feel. Comedy yeah, is... Yeah, the, it is the, actually. The subject of what the stuff that we talk about on stage is exploring yeah, so our I reactions guess, like, to things. Psychology is... is I could do it and feel that, in a way, I'm still kind of doing a similar thing to what I do now, but you're looking at it like sincerely and actually engaging with people rather than kind of always trying to find the joke in it yeah. and i also I, I did work in a in a hospital for a while i was a back when i was doing lots of different temp things there was a yeah. period of time about three months or so where i was a secretary at the maudsley hospital in denmark hill which is a mental health hospital and i worked in the, mm. o, the children's ocd ward um and my job was just to type up doctor's letters and then file them and all that sort of thing. And it meant that I actually kind of, I already liked reading those sorts of books and reading about case studies about certain kind yeah. of psych psychotherapy things. And it meant that I actually got to kind of engage with those things in real life and kind of see how that works and how it improves things for people. So, it, and it's the only temp job I've ever had because mostly you do a temp job to support yourself as a comedian and you spend the whole time going, oh, I can't wait to go home and yeah. do something else and it was the only one where actually while I was there I felt like oh this is helping people and I'm involved in something that is actually good and valuable and that I find fascinating so I think for that reason it's always been the one big thing in my head of like oh maybe I could do that I mean it's yeah. it'd be late for me to try because it's 10 years of training or whatever it is but but hey oh, don't could. let that stop you honestly oh, take right. it from old an old yeah. gimmer like yeah. myself yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I started comedy at 49 <laughs> You're right, you're right. You can do whatever yeah. you want, whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You only get one life, except in this scenario where we do. Yeah. <laughs> so so in, this, in this scenario, you've just finished your training. It's your first day in your new practice. You've set the practice up for yourself. 
Okay. And it's wow. it's an open door policy for some reason. No appointments. Somebody just <laughs> arrives, um, or maybe you haven't looked at the list this morning. And the first patient arrives, and it is. Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I was sure I mean, that was going to be Mr. Bowman. <laughs> yeah. That's... The dominatrix knew better. That's making this look pretty appealing, actually. I mean, I mean Tom, yeah. Waits, Tom Waits has, has one of my favourite brains, really. Um, yeah. I really I, I love watching interviews with him because he's very... And I think this is why he'd be very interesting to to do psychotherapy on. Actually, I don't know what the correct term for. It. I'm sure they don't say do <laughs> psychotherapy sure on. It is that. And this will be something I probably learn in my training. Yeah. Yes. But, um, Day one. Yeah. <laughs> he's always been. He's always been very very guarded about his. If people ask him about the stuff he makes and the and the way he sort of pursues creative stuff, he tends to just give these nonsense answers that don't give much away, and he just sort of goes like, "Ah, it's like a potato or whatever." And it means nothing. <laughs> And I've always quite admired that, that he kind of, he makes the stuff and then he creates this kind of big character personality that tells you a little bit about the stuff, but he doesn't ever really give anything away about himself, I think, because he keeps his life very private. And I've kind of always found that quite fascinating about him. So I guess the opportunity to sit down with him and yeah. help him through stuff and figure out what he's thinking, that's yeah. not many and people listening have been to able that to find voice. that out about him. Yeah, yeah. Spending an hour a week just listening to that man talking. Itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this one's actually what? Are, this is number four. It's number four. Yeah. So we're halfway through. So four left. I mean, and it Mr. feels Bowman's like still very much in there. That's true. So he's going to crop up. Quite a lot of good people. Yeah, you have, haven't you? This yeah. feels like it's maybe going to be the most interesting one, and mm. but it's also going to be the most serious one. I feel like if I was going to go for something really fun, maybe I should have gone for the. Desert Island with Stevie Nicks. Maybe that would have had more kind of freewheeling yeah. craziness. Whereas psychotherapy with Tom Waits forever, I'm sure, will be fascinating. But but also quite, you know, I'm going to have to think a lot. I have to think yeah. quite hard. So it comes down to whether I want to I want to live this very serious, intense life. Or, but actually, do you know what? No, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he is a funny guy. And so you can always probably... do comedy in the evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. can put on a gig together. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's conflict of interest. I probably, I yes, yeah, probably wouldn't be able to see him outside of the sessions, would I? Not till you've discharged him. him. Mm. Oh, completed I him, that's think... the proper word. Yeah, that's right. Is that the way you get therapy? <laughs> I, Sorry, I think I might go for this one. I think if I'm, if I'm taking the opportunity to kind of change my life, go for a completely yeah. different, go through the dimension, then I think doing this will be very different to what I've spent my life doing. But maybe that's the yeah. point. Maybe I should be doing something very different. Maybe I should do something a bit more serious, a bit more thoughtful, mm. with a very interesting guy. It He's is this teach moment. A lot about the mind, I'm just you know? thinking that this, yeah, this is the moment in history as we start to come out of the pandemic. This is the moment in history where people are reevaluating and thinking yeah. about what really interests them in life and what they want to be yeah. doing. And it, He's going to have so much stored up stuff. Yeah. He's not done an album since 2011 as well, so he's been exploring. He's been doing acting and stuff, photography. Yeah. So he could really yeah. kind of tell me about what's going on. And also, what you've you completed your training, so you don't have to do all the hard work. Training, it's done. You've walked straight yeah. into the yeah, scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with all I the knowledge and the skills. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to be Tom Waits' psychotherapist. I'm going for number four. I'm with Brilliant. you. I think that's a great decision. Great Brilliant. decision. What a good How idea. exciting! Yeah. Congratulations. This is Can't a good. Wait. Absolutely can't yeah. wait. Ah, Fantastic. Okay. Well, let's look at what you could have won. What you could have turned down. Yeah. Door number five. Okay. I hope it's not really good. <laughs> it's going to be really okay. good, isn't it? It might be. You've been commissioned by the National Theatre. Oh, yeah. To, to do serious drama. Oh, oh! Thank God, thank God! I didn't go for this one. <laughs> this is. Have I, you dabbled? Um, Have you dabbled before? I've dabbled in in serious drama in my teens, uh, and I I still. It's one of those ones that 
every time I remember it, I, there's there's a brief disconnect where you can't believe that you did it. You remember exactly what it was that you did, and you go, "I can't, I can't recognize that person." But basically, I think I was about I was about sixteen, and I read some Samuel Beckett and <laughs> uh, some Pinter, and I don't think I understood either of them. Like I I couldn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> but what I've I think I did get from them is I got, I, I got an aesthetic. I read them and went, okay, I get it. I understand how serious drama works and it's all quite bleak and sort of uh, there's lots of pauses and it's all kind of, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I can't even describe it better than that now. Yeah, yeah. That's how little I understood. So I went to I have name. a drama degree. This is exactly, yeah. <laughs> just put an entire essay into two words. Bleak and pauses. I, Nailed it. Yeah. I, I went and wrote a trilogy of plays at 1718. Yeah, yeah. And um, and two of them were staged. The first two of the trilogy were staged at the Salisbury Playhouse because um, oh. I, I was part of the youth theatre there. There was a guy who who ran the youth theatre who was a really big kind of mentor to me and helped me like find out how to do performing and writing and stuff like that. And he really encouraged me. And to this, the tricky thing about this is I once messaged everybody that was involved in these plays as a few years later and said by the way guys i'm sorry i did that it was weird it was a weird thing to do and he wrote back and said never ever ever apologize for the stuff you did creatively growing up because the world is full of people who are going to criticize you and tear you down and you did something you wrote something and made something and you should never ever apologize for it and he's right except what i wrote was like batshit and actually like not not okay to ask my friends to be like oh can you just be in this really bleak existential it was about i played an old professor who every friday ate his own godson while eating jam but then his godson came back to life to put all his oh. papers in order and I, I don't know it was it happened every it was going on forever and it had always been going on and they it was like purgatory or something he had his Do friends you know? around for a poker night and they all ate his son Right now, I, I, if you're not busy for the next few months, I want to pay you to write some of our scenarios because this is wonderful. Really? I think I thought that it was a sort of a big metaphor for life and like the pointlessness of existence and going through loops. And that, I don't know what the eating the kid was about. I sort of directed it, but also played the main character, which was all a bit like, you've got to choose what. If you're a teenager who's... You can either be the writer or the director or the star. <laughs> you can't be all three. It's mad. And obviously the audience was all just my friends and my friend's parents. And they were all quite nice. They were all like, well done for doing it. And I do think, like that guy said, like, always you should pat yourself on the back for doing stuff. But at the same yes. time, people must have just either thought I was very troubled or just thought I was pretentious and needed to sort myself out and stop thinking that I was really smart the opportunity of write something and put it on with your friends because you're trying to get involved like that's a great opportunity but just do something a bit less serious so <laughs> i i i can't re-engage i don't think with with serious theater i think it burned me before but who am i doing it with well before Let's i do that. that can can we put the man in the in the in the machine the nice guy. Yeah. Yes. yeah we can we can his name was mark powell uh, he has the same oh. birthday as me. I'm still in touch with him. We chat every now and again. We send each other birthday cards. Actually, I might have gotten last year. I think he sent me one and I forgot, so that's terrible. But yeah, pop him in and I'm going to send him I'm two birthday you. cards this year. Send him two birthday uh, cards and tell him about the me. podcast and how wonderful he is. Yes, will yeah. do. Yeah, I'll get him to yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, so in this scenario, the the National Theatres are impressed with those shows that uh, that you've written recently, not this, that they've asked you to revive that trilogy. Of... Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> You're getting money. You've right. got co-writers. Oh, okay. A regular income. Mm, and that would be nice. A lead actor, so you don't have you, you know, you this time you're not performing, you're a lead actor. Great, great. Is <gasps> oh, it's the great Gonzo. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm a bit sad that I can't take this one because yeah. as much as the plays themselves, I think, were. I can't remember them well enough to say if they were dreadful. They were certainly pretentious and yeah. rid a ridiculous thing to do. But I guess if I've got co-writers, 
they can kind of smooth out a lot of the the rough edges yeah. anyway and make yeah. it better. And actually, having Gonzo play the lead character is the perfect thing to kind of puncture the ego of my teenage yeah. self and to go, yeah, I did think this was really serious and important at the time, but now I've got a Muppet saying the words. Oh. But not and my favourite Muppet. Muppet. Yeah, yeah, the best Muppet. The best yeah. Muppet of all. But also so, the most, one of the most pretentious Muppets in a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he fits Basically in. a Muppet version of my teenage self of... I'm going to do this thing that nobody cares about that I shouldn't do. And everyone goes, yeah, great, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Nice one. I can't do it. It's gone. You can't do it. It's Ah, gone. Well, I've got to, I can take comfort in the fact that at least people don't have to see those players again. And they are, (laughs) they're left in the past. Maybe that's a blessing. Yes. Goodbye, the great Gonzo. Such a shame. Heavy doors at the National. They are. I know. I'd have paid money for that. To see that. Really? Gonzo, You'd have gone to see it? With Gonzo. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, Mainly just London, to see Gonzo, to be honest. Yeah. I'd watch him but I mean, I, I, say, I can say that because I'm not in London, so I always say, oh, I'm going to go see that. And then I go, right. oh, I can't <laughs> Yeah, but now everything's live. Everything's online now. Even yeah. So you've, got, you've, you've lost your excuse. Yeah, but I'd, I'd watch it on the live, on the big You're screen. You're going to have to go to the webinar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's see what's next. Door number six. Here's a scenario that you can't have. You wake up one morning and discover that you're a dog. Oh. You have, yeah, you have no thumbs. <laughs> did you just bark? No, I think, I, uh... <laughs> I think you did, actually. I don't think it's I meant to make a surprise noise, but maybe I was just getting more into character than I, than I Fantastic. realized. <laughs> you're, you're a dog. You have no thumbs. You've okay. shut the bed. Ah. And... And you can hear your owner coming down the stairs. When they well, see that poo, it's going to be awful. They're going to they're going to freak out. They're going to yell at you, and you're proper yeah. scared. You're proper scared, little dog. Louise is worried about her dog in the background. Your owner walks into the room, and it is the minions, all of them. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Oh, well, this just sounds terrible. Well, actually, (laughs) I say that. So I think this is because I I tweeted the other day about how much I hate the Minions. I'd never seen Despicable Me, and I watched it last week, and I hated the Minions. Uh, And I I knew, obviously, I was aware. I know what they do. I've seen the memes, and I knew that they were going to turn up and bump their heads and then go, and then fart or whatever. I knew knew that's basically what they do. But there's something about the, the... they're they're very irritating. They're very very irritating. But I think it was, I, I then watched Despicable Me two and adored them. I really loved them in Despicable oh. Me two. And I, I think what annoyed me in the first one is that they just shouldn't be doing that job. Like he's in the first one, he's he's trying so hard to be like a bad serious tyrant, and he's trying to show off and be like, I am the worst and the most evil. And then he's surrounded by little farting beans that go hey, and then smash shit up and then bump into the wall. And every I love time the way they turn that up, you're I was... that they got the job. It's like yeah, it was just like, like the celebrity squares bad warm up. <laughs> exactly, it's exactly the same thing. Of like they. That he should be, he should not have hired those people. The, the reason why he probably why he's struggling to be taken seriously as a as a bad guy is because his minions are so crap. And obviously, they're obviously comedy minions. Everything they do. Yes. Uh, but then in the second film, suddenly he's decided to be a good guy. And every time the minions turned out, I I love them. I absolutely love them. So I think it must have been like a storytelling logic thing. I think I was really wound up by the storytelling logic. Um. So because I guess it would depend. There's, there's a square peg round hole thing going on there. Yeah, that exactly. And maybe right, not multiple, not multiple piss poor appointments. You just would have <laughs> thought that at some point he would have gone. I need to stop hiring these creatures because they are manifestly not good at the thing I need them to be good at. Do you um, know what? It's like my builder. Oh. Yeah, he's a bit shit, right? He's right. a bit shit, and then and then this is what happened. He went. Mm, you're a bit shit. Can't remember. He his said name. that. No, Gru. This is what happened in the film. In the backstory, right, 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 right. Gru goes, "You're a bit of a shit minion. We need, or mm, this isn't working. We're going to need more minions. I need more minions." Yeah. 
And the first minion's gone, I've got a mate who can do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a referral scheme, isn't it? It's, isn't God, it? Oh, that's exactly and, what it is. Because there are Bruce hundreds of too overwhelmed to go, no, I need to sack these builders, minions, and yeah. start again with a reputable company that are going to give me a quote. Does your, um, does your builder listen to this podcast? I hope so. Anyway, sorry. What are we doing? Where yeah. are we? So I'm a dog. Yeah, and you've shat animals. yourself and you're but scared. They but actually, have. yeah. They'd be all right actually, when they shit. come downstairs, they'd be laughing and going banana at your shit. Um, yeah, would... yeah. Of all the of all the owners to have, they're probably going to be quite lenient. Um, yeah. But in general, I just the idea of lying in my own shit, regardless of whether I'm then surrounded by minions laughing at it or not, it doesn't sound hugely appealing. So I don't feel too bad about this. <laughs> there one. was fear in this one as well, so not a bad yeah, one to lose. Fear's not a You're good living emotion. in fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see what's next. Door number seven. You're back at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, Hurrah! my old friend. Yeah. It's been a magnificent run, and the show is booked for a nationwide tour starting next Whoa. month. You yeah, smashed that'd it, be nice. mm. At the end of the festival, you realise someone in the same venue as you has accidentally nicked some of your props. Uh-oh. Who would do that? That's not good. Who would, who, who, would, who, was, who would move out of somewhere and take somebody else's stuff with them? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that's um, that's me then. Whoops. <laughs> what did you do? I um, so this wasn't deliberate, but it's ended up. And I, 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 I moved in November. I, uh, I, I moved for the second lockdown, and I moved in with my girlfriend. And that was partly just because it's it's nicer to do lockdown with your partner than to kind of bubble and do video dates, which is and what the we dog did approves. The yeah, the dog's happy about it. Um, but also, I was living with a guy who was I, I won't go into detail because who knows he might listen. But it was difficult. We weren't getting on. I've, I found him through a spare room situation, yeah. uh, and we, it was awkward in the first lockdown. But we got through it, and then it was sort of fine because he went away for a bit, and then he came back, and it was very tense all the time. Everybody not saying the thing they wanted to say, and just like nasty atmosphere percolating, and then it exploded. And this was my fault. I I said things that I oh. maybe shouldn't have said. Or it wasn't horrible. I just tried to address it. I tried to kind of say, we need to sort this out. This isn't good. He got angry. I got angry. There was a lot of unpleasantness. And then I just had to get out. Uh, so I ended up moving in with my girlfriend, which was which was fine. But we went back, me and my housemate, who was a friend, because it was me and a friend lived there with these two other strangers through spare room. And we went back and cleared out a load of stuff uh got it in a van because we had to leave pretty like last minute it was all kind of quite spur of the moment so we just chucked it in a van and left and only realized after we'd left that i took all his david bowie records <gasps> oh my and, god yeah <laughs> and he was a massive bowie fan since the age of like 14 oh, bowie and his records i think were like important but they that we had a big stack of records and basically all of them belonged to me and my housemate we'd we'd forgotten that he'd ever put any of his in there and we left and then went through them all and went, oh, we've got these. But the problem is I am now just not on in contact with the guy at all. So I haven't reached out and he hasn't reached out. So they're now sitting guiltily in the next room. And I don't feel like, I don't yet feel like I have stolen them because I feel like it's unfinished. I feel Are like they, it either they're vinyl. Needs, they're, they're vinyl. vinyls. Yeah, they're vinyl. I don't know if they're original pressings or what they are. Like maybe they're reissues and they're not actually worth that much. I don't know. But possibly they Just, had a lot of sentimental value. Yeah. How and much I do feel, you want? Uh, <laughs> call it call it twenty quid. <laughs> they're, they're Done. <laughs> but it's it's like because I got rid of all my David Bowie vinyl when I got rid of oh, vinyl, and now no. recently we got a record player, and it's like I just That's and it's thing, expensive, and I want to start building it up again. And and while I think you're a terrible person for doing that, there's also but it wasn't. Saying, it didn't, <laughs> he didn't mean to, and I, no. I haven't. He should get in like touch with you when he realizes. He needs to say. You've got those. Oh, no, I mean, I, I ought to go and give them back. But I, I feel like what well, I've, I've done too. like a, a telltale heart thing where, you know, you just, I haven't said to myself, I'm not taking them back. They're mine now. 
but I've said to myself, just yeah. put them away and then try and work out what to do about it. And now it is like a kind of the beating heart under the floorboards thing mm-hmm. of going, you've, they're not yours and they're in that room. Yeah. And uh, it's now too late to, to play it as though I only just noticed. But yeah. <gasps> so if I were to get in touch now, then it's an obvious like it's been festering kind of thing. But uh, yeah. but but then I've heard nothing from it, so I don't know whether he hasn't he hasn't clocked it or whether he feels too awkward about it. Anyway, it's um it doesn't have feel you ever great. Played them? No, no, because I don't have a record player anymore, so they're completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> they're completely useless. My housemate took the record does. player. And yeah. Does. Oh yeah. I mean, if you've got Hunky Dory, I'm yeah. I think it's Heroes, Let's Dance. I think Hunky Dory's in there. Ziggy Stardust, Station to Station, but the original Station to Station with the white and red, white and red border. Yeah, it's all that. May. Labyrinth, Labyrinth's in there. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, love Labyrinth. So it needs it needs resolving. I've just let it become one of those things that I occasionally remember and go, "What am I going to do about that?" But wow, don't really know okay. what to do. But someone's done that to me with my props. Someone's done that to you with your props, which you need. And you know, as a minimalist comic, I'm like, serves you right for using props. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you set off on a car chase and you have to chase them down the royal mile oh that's quite and, fun uh, oh yeah you're yeah. in a car chase you finally catch up with them you turn around and they are <gasps> well he would be in edinburgh it's michael gove oh! <laughs> michael, michael gove nature stuff my old friend, Michael Gove. Um, I, Are you close? We met once in... Uh, in oh, what's it called? The Groucho Club. The Groucho Club. Oh, la-di-da. Um, because I, a friend of mine knew someone who has a membership to the Groucho Club, and she said, we're all having drinks in the Groucho Club. Come on down. So we, we she signed us in, and we went in for one drink. And Michael Gove was over there having dinner. And my friend pointed him out and said, we've got to do something. We've got to do some kind of prank because it seems too great an opportunity to be like, he's over there. We all hate him. There has to be something we can do. But, and I went over to him. In my head, I had like I, I used to often have people tell me I look like Michael Gove. It was before I had the beard. But when I when I didn't have the beard, people said I look a lot like him. So I thought maybe I can do something like that with the prank of like pretending to be him or whatever. Don't know. Didn't really think it through. Got up to him and hadn't planned what this was going to be. And he said, can I help you? And I said, hello, Mr. Gove. Everyone always says I look like you, so I wondered if I could have a picture. And that just sort of came out. And then he went, oh, I, I suppose so, but uh, you, you don't look like me. You're far too handsome. And then I laughed and said, oh, stop it. And then it was like we were just sort of getting on. It was horrible. <laughs> and then my friend, I just panicked. I didn't know what to, I kind of had it in my head that I was going to stage like an anarchist kind of anti-establishment <laughs> prank. And then when I got there, I realised I'm not that guy. So all I all I could do was just be polite to this man having dinner. I thought I can't ruin this guy's dinner. So my friend took a photo of me and Michael Gove, and then the owners of the Groucho Club came over and went, "Get out! You're not allowed to take photos. That's, That's your band." And then I got thrown out. So it just it backfired completely. It resulted with me being evicted from the Groucho for taking a photo, and I just came across like a fan. Like he just thought, yeah. "Oh, that nice young man was a huge fan of mine." Horrible. I've still got the photo, oh. and I look at it every now and again and just feel abject shame. I should have, course, should have left him he's... alone or, or done something mental, just gone crazy. But you know crazy. what? He was, he was the one that said you could take a photo, but he's never going to get thrown out of the Groucho Club, is he? No. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. Yeah, I should, have blamed, I should have thrown him under the bus, actually. I should you have said, should. this is Gove's fault. I didn't and now he's nicked your stuff. He's yeah. nicked your stuff, yeah, and you yeah, yeah. need that stuff for your tour. And he was performing in your venue. How bad was his show? Was he doing a rip-off version of my show? Or was he, was he like, using I, the props to do different jokes? I suppose he just bundled it all in. You know, he just, you know, saw stuff and thought it must be his. Just took it. Typical. Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Fortunately, you I, don't um, have to. You don't have to yeah, go it's through gone. this door. I can't have exactly. that one. So let's just quickly... Fantastic. So that was door number seven. This was the is the very so this last, is my last door. one. But Charles, so you you you're doing psychotherapy on Tom Waits, which we've decided on is Tom how you Waits. say it. Um, and that's what you've chosen. As we get to yeah. door number eight, are you still happy with that choice, or are you starting I to think, think maybe? 
I think I am happy. I think the the one that's lingering in my head is is Steven Nicks on the Desert Island. I do think we would have had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I think the Gonzo performing my play would have been a nice way to kind of lay that memory to rest. But at the same time, I'd rather not revisit those plays. I think they're better <laughs> off in the past. Um, so so far, I think I think I'm happy with with the choice I've made. I think. So if I, I were to right. say to you, if I were to say to you, well, you could. You could gamble and you could decide oh. that you're going to, you know, we've got one left. Can I Ooh. offer you a swap for you to go, I will I will get rid of Tom Waits' brain and just take whatever's through the final door? I mean, the one thing I, I wonder is have I, have I committed to a lifetime where there's not much adventure? You know, it's quite clinical. It's quite sort of like... You know, you're going to have to sit down and talk about some quite serious stuff. And hopefully you are helping someone and learning a lot of fascinating things. But have I cut myself off from from that sense of like, you could do anything, you could go anywhere. Um, I do wonder about that. I think. Do you know what? I, every time people don't gamble on these things, every time they Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway or whatever, and they choose not <laughs> to gamble, it's a big letdown. So I think I might do it, even though I'm, I'm, oh. I think I could be happy with the life I've chosen. Oh. I feel like you've got to, you've got to gamble, right? Right. Okay. Oh, but we've okay. not had Mr. Bowman. We've not had Mr. Bowman, but we've also got, we've also got um, we've also Mark Rowley. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I'm going to risk it. I think, you know, we've got to add some, add some jeopardy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Door number eight. Okay. In this dimension, we're back at one of your proudest moments. Oh! You're wow. not the strongest at PE, as discussed, but you've climbed a proper tall mountain. Oh, yeah, this was nice. This was a nice moment. What happened? Which mountain? I climbed Tubkal in the Atlas Mountains, which is the tallest mountain in, in the Atlas Mountains. I think it's the third tallest in Africa. And I, I remember thinking at the time that made it a pretty massive achievement. But then I Googled how tall it is in the world. And it's like 200 or something. The the ones in Asia are, are huge. Yeah, they're so, huge. And there's loads of them. And the Alps are pretty massive. You know, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. huge. I've yeah. seen the Atlas Mountains and I've walked in the foothills. They're pretty big. They're, they're pretty, pretty big. pretty big, yeah. I was yeah. proud of it. It might not yeah. be the tallest in the world, but it's, it's up there. It was a big moment. There's the job. <laughs> It's at the bottom He's of a proud mountain. Of me as well. Yeah, he yeah. was very proud. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a that was a nice moment. Yeah, you're shattered. You're shattered. You're satisfied, yeah. and you know you look like crap. But yeah. you, of course, take out your phone to capture a selfie. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's awful. But... It's absolutely <laughs> awful. I just, I had a really not. weird sense. No, I'll, I'll send it. It's it's really dreadful. I, um, oh, for the show notes. Let's put it in the show notes. <laughs> I, I got to the top and I had this sort of overwhelmed, like I felt very overwhelmed. And I was like, this is the biggest kind of physical achievement I've ever done. And it looks incredible. Like it was all sort of like the floor is clouds, all that kind of thing that you see in films. Yeah. So I was very aware of like, this is unlike anything that has happened or maybe will happen in my life. And I feel, I'm feeling a lot of stuff. So I can, I'll take a picture of myself so I can always remember it. I look so bad. I look very. I was very cold and crying, and I had a coat tied up around my head, so I just looked very fat. And there's sort of jowls spilling out the side. <laughs> and I think it's nice to look at that and remember that often at the moments where you you're feeling the most kind of immersed in your life, you look rubbish. You look absolutely rubbish from the outside. But there's a lot going on inside that feels orgasm nice. face, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> I'll, I don't answer that. <laughs> Are there a lot of photos of that, dear? Don't none at all. Absolutely none at all. Right. Let's have a look and see uh, who is with you, behind you in that selfie, looking, might I add, fresh as a daisy. Oh. Okay. We don't know which one it's going to be. Which one's it going to be? Which one's going to be? Okay. Because you have to accept this one. This is the one you yeah, chose. Yeah, I've gone and gambled now. You have. Oh, it's Mark Powell. Thank 
Oh, that. well, that's all right. <laughs> it was going to be one or the other. That. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I've got adventure back. If that was the thing that yes. I was sort of yes. worried about with the Tom Waits yeah. psychotherapy thing, then I've got that if I'm on top of the tallest mountain. I've not seen and Mark also, in a very long time, so it'd be nice to catch up. And also, you're just feeling this huge sense of achievement, and this person who is so encouraging of you has gone, there you're you right. are, you see? You, you're you right. shouldn't regret the bad, and you shouldn't regret yeah. the good. It's, it's, yeah, he showed me you. the way, and then he's yeah. there on top of the world with me. That's lovely, yeah. actually. I'm Isn't all right that with nice? that. Are we on top of the mountain for for the rest of eternity, or can we climb down? You can climb down. You can climb down. It's just the moment. It's just the moment that you walk into, and then you can... Lovely. You don't even have to climb the mountain to get there. You just go through the door. Oh, that's great, because that was the toughest bit, actually. That bit was a bit of a slog. Yeah. Be careful of the injury on the way down. That would be my Yeah. My boot fell off on the way down. I had a... I had those crampons and my boot kept falling off, so I just climbed down with only one boot on because I couldn't be bothered to keep reattaching it. And that <gasps> was a bad idea. Really, really bad idea, climbing down a mountain yeah. with one boot. Is yes. it not cold? Hey, You're four foot. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was freezing. I hopped for part of it and then that didn't really work either. Just mess. get on your bum and slide mess. down. Would you not just yeah, slide down? Yeah, yeah. I think I did try to do that for a while. Yeah. We had this Sherpa ahead who I think was just quite embarrassed by me at that point. I was like, come on, <laughs> this is. This God, is not imagine if Mr. Bowman had come into if it did. Yeah, Mr. he would have. In the background, there. when you'd just done PE well because you tried. Yeah. I would have said, right, look at you, if... you look shit. Yeah, oh. he'd have found some way to make it nasty <laughs> again, I bet. He really would. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Yeah. This has been so lovely. It's been lovely it's been exploring lovely. this with you. Yeah, thank you so much stories. for showing me all these different worlds. I'm pretty You're... happy, I think, with the one I ended up with. I'm yes. very happy for yes. you. This is good stuff. So just before you go through, we're going to send you through this door now. We're going to slam it behind lovely. you. But just before we go, where can our listener, uh, Jocelyn Stickybeak from my Neighbourhood WhatsApp group, find uh, out more about you? Uh, she can log on to uh, the internet if she's got the internet. Then she can find me on there. Uh, I'm on. She's Jos got Norris. WhatsApp. I'm sure she's up on all the right. latest. Yeah, she's probably there. <laughs> uh, my website is uh, josnorris.co.uk, but I'm also on Twitter at josnorris and Instagram and Facebook and things like that. So between all of those, you're probably eventually going to find out whatever you need to find out about me. So come say hi. Definitely. Thank you. Off you go through right. the door. Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. See you. See you around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got all my boots and my hats and stuff. Brilliant. See you yeah. soon. Bye. See you, bye. Oh, well, that is all we've got time for. Follow us on the socials at E-Y-R-E-L-E-I-G-H on Twitter and Early Doors on Instagram and we're on Facebook too. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed yourself, please hit subscribe. Maybe rate us as well. And if you want to email us any scenarios that we can put our guests in, please do that at earlydoors at gmail.com. We'd love to take your embarrassing incidents and adventures and turn them into alternative realities for our guests. Bye. I'm off through this door to argue about statues with Mr. Colston. And I'm sorry, I'm just in that sort of mood today. (laughs) And I'm off through this door to make myself feel hunky-dory with David Bowie. This podcast is brought to you by us. We did all the work. The voiceovers were by John Darvel. Well done here, May. Eh? <laughs>